It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give each other grace and space to do that. Well, good morning and welcome into the session here on Rise FM. I'm Scott and he is Tom, the king of the cranium (laughs) from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And remember, if you're coming in and out of this and you can't catch the whole thing, you can catch up on this episode and others on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. Today, we are going to talk about parenting adult children. Right. Which almost sounds kind of... You know, when you when you actually hear it said, you're like, well, you can't parent adult children. Right. We try. Some do. Some do try. Yeah. So before we open up the package to this whole thing, we're t- going to turn to God's Word, Tom. Well, and Scott, out of Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, Paul has this to say. I keep asking that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that you may know him better, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Mm. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what we're kind of, we're hoping to point maybe a little bit today. Yes. Toward a little spirit of wisdom. All right, so as we talk about, now we're talking about adult children here. We're not talking about parenting your 12-year-old. Right. Um, but we might be talking about not parenting your 28-year-old like they're a 12-year-old. Exactly, you know, yeah. There's, and there's a difference there, and we'll probably get into that as we get a little bit closer here in a bit. But the first thing that we want to do is our kids turn to adults. You know, how do we, how do we parent them? Well, uh, Should we parent them? Maybe that's the first question, should we? You know, when they ask and they have a need, but it's different. When they come to you as an adult, oftentimes they are more open, they're more willing. They might have some crisis or trauma that, or, or a pending thing coming that they want to process. And so then, you know, we take it as it comes as the parents. Yeah, I will confess something here. I, with my dad being gone for, for four years now, I realize there are conversations that I want to have with him now that I can't. So I try to have them with my mom. Okay. And, you know, I am 62. Okay. Which means I'm starting to think about the R word. Oh. Retirement. Yeah. And I'm kind of trying to understand what my dad did, how he processed his final years of work for Clark. And I was just talking to my mom about it the other day, and she said, yeah, he was thinking that, and I just had to tell him to keep pushing on <laughs> because she wanted him to work a little bit longer. Keep him out of the house? or <laughs> Well, I think a little bit. <laughs> I think that may have been there a little bit. Right. Um, I think she might have been thinking ahead toward a full retirement pension as opposed to a partial. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was in a very difficult work situation back then, and 
and was trying to just encourage him to keep going. But um, so, yeah, our kids are going to come to us and don't be surprised when they do. Right. And if they do, that really, Tom, that's an indication of a uh, maybe a solid relationship that you had with your kids. And that they trust what you may say and they want what you have to say. So this so. first thing that you've got listed here is to, well, and it's kind of the Sunday school answer. Right. Pray for them. The faith and love that springs from uh, the hope. Don't stop praying. That's so important. And, you know, parents and then grandparents. How many people have you ever heard say, yeah, I know my grandparents are praying for me. My grandpa always prays for me. That's, what is there about praying grandparents? There's like right. an extra, it's like a superpower. Right. <laughs> Yes, that's part of our job description, I think. So for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. That's out of Colossians 1.5, where Paul, again, he was so good about saying things like that. We're praying for this church, we're praying for you, and concern and care that goes along with it. So yeah, that's important. So keep praying for your kids is the first thing. Right. Now, the second one, we may need to unpack this a little bit. Uh, it's to encourage them. Right. So in Hebrews ten twenty four, Scott, and let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and, and good deeds. To, to encourage them, I think as adults, that's been something that's really been powerful to be able to encourage our, our children to go forward, to tackle tasks that they, they may not. And particularly as dads, we have a major role of injecting confidence and encouragement into as we encourage them they build in their confidence into our children really a good thing that happens there so what we're actually referring to also is that that will motivate them and you know i think about some of of our children and when they've come back and, and they've said how they've been helped it just blesses me and how they focused on what we've encouraged them to do and to believe in themselves and call upon the Lord for his strength, uh, and then to watch them do that. What is, is, is there a fine line that we walk between encouraging our kids and still over-parenting oh, yeah. our kids as they get it to be adults? Well, and, and so when we get to that point, we can overparent. There's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. For one, when we do, let's say we have an adult child in his late 20s trying to figure out uh, what he wants to do for a career, and we are convinced that he should be doing this or he should be doing this, or, or you know what, your grandpa and great-grandpa and your dad, we all have run this farm, son, and you're going to be doing it. Well, for one, then the dad can own more than is there for him to own. He's making decisions for his son. What that does to the son is that he meshes him with dad, what he thinks, what he feels, what he believes, what he values, what he wants to do becomes non-important. Now, you use a word there that we uh, probably need to define. Right. And it's easy to go past it. You said emesh. Yes. Well, so emesh, what it means is that the boundaries between dad and son or parent and children become blurred and the child basically doesn't exist. As an example, with the farm example, what if the son was really wired to be a surgeon and he had a heart for it? Or maybe he, because of being on the farm, he wanted to be a veterinarian. Well, 
you know, what he thought, what he wants becomes secondary to what dad is saying. Dad's owning more of it. So basically the son doesn't exist in terms of what he thinks his life should be be like. The deed of ownership, the son doesn't have it, dad has it. So so the two become meshed right. into one and, and the one loses identity. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Give my dad credit for that. Because hmm. my dad was a draftsman for years. Uh huh. I still have all of his gear. How about that? And I have yeah. I have that nerd gene. Oh, <laughs> I have the nerd gene of I enjoy drafting. I did it all through high school. Uh huh. And I originally thought that's what I wanted to do. And my dad sat me down and he and I told him I was kind of struggling with, you know, do I want to do this architecture thing because I really like designing houses, or you know there was radio kind of out there that I didn't understand yet. Yeah. And he said, son, do you like the idea? Of working in a room with no windows, right. eight hours a day, five days a week. Right. I said, no, that doesn't appeal to me a whole lot. He said, then you do not want to be a draftsman. <laughs> and I'm quite sure every bone in my dad's body was screaming, yes, be a draftsman like I was. Uh-huh. And he let me, I think that's the one thing they did well. They didn't understand it. Right. But they let me go out there and explore this radio thing mm-hmm. that turned into a career. Yeah. Yeah, it did. A good one, too. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't finished growing up yet. <laughs> so we're talking about parenting adult children today. And uh, this next item is to be a good role model. You know, it. I was expecting some really deep, far-reaching, some really deeper stuff. And it seems like it. It's not. it's not all that deep. It's really the basic stuff. Right just tweaked differently for adults and it's not rocket science so we we can tend to overthink parenting a yeah. little bit is that what i'm hearing yeah <laughs> and it's true and so how about if we talk about the, another important part is being a good role model right we have promoted that on our show for years and we will continue to because it's so important they are going to learn from what they see but out of proverbs 4 this is almost like I get to wear my pastor's hat a lot today, Scott. See, there you go. Wow. I like that. And so out of Proverbs 4, starting at verse 20, 1, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. So the Proverbs also, I'm pretty sure it's Proverbs, talks about there's wisdom in a number of counselors. Mm-hmm. And so when we can basically look at it this way, to find wisdom and to ask in any given circumstance, what's the wisdom in this? In this decision I'm about to make, what's the wisdom in it? Or what, what wisdom can I gain from it? That still happens in my career now when I have clinical dilemmas that I might be involved in. I'm not real sure what to do. Where is the wisdom going to come from? Who can I talk to about it? It's kind of the same thing we want to see our adult children do. Is They might listen to us, but how about also, is there a pastor? How about their father-in-law? maybe, or their mother-in-law, or an aunt or uncle. You know, that, those kinds of things become really good. Do not let them out of your sight. So keep the words so important. The, the, there's life in it. We, we talk about wanting to be in God's will. Well, one of the ways we are in God's will is when we pay attention to his words and his scripture. I think that's really important. Keep them within your heart. Now, now I've always liked this in all of my adult Christian walk. When we talk about the heart, we're not necessarily referring to the blood pumper. Mm-hmm. 
although the blood pumper is in the center of the body, basically, it might be a little left of center or right of center, <laughs> but basically it's in the center. A little off center. Yeah. But what's significant about that, what, what really is our heart? What do we really value? So we're talking here about putting that which is close to our heart, not close to us, in, in our values, in what we believe, and how we shape our worldview, which I think that we could probably spend a whole show going, talking about worldview. Uh, a person's worldview and shaping it yeah how we how we shape it right okay so verse uh, verse 22 now in proverbs chapter 4 for they are life the words are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body really when you stop and think about that when we take and we bring in to what we value and what is important to us things that are healthy our bodies react to that. So some of your favorite little allies. I was just, I, I, so I was just <laughs> thinking he's going to bring up those osins and osins and octins again. That's right. And they all are more present because of it. Right. Was, that's a good thing. And, and those things help us feel better. And when we feel better, we have more hope. We have more hope. We have more confidence. And it all kind of snowballs. Yeah, it does. What a, a good way to put it. This next verse I kind of like, Tom, in verse 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Yeah, for everything you do is going to flow from it. And again, guard your values. Guard what's important to you. Because we do not live alone in the world. Who's of the world? The enemy. And he will attack what we value. And he will try to put doubt in us of what we value and what we saw as important and we, we view as important. Boy, we got to be careful of that. Mm. Spiritual warfare goes on 24-7. And a couple of weeks ago, or a week or so ago on, the, on my show, I talked about um, the temptation of Christ in the desert for 40 days uh-huh. and how he was tempted by Satan for the, those whole 40 days. And that's just a... There's a lot of things that I took from that as I read that, but you know the idea that Jesus was able to respond to every temptation with Scripture. Yeah, you know that everything Satan brings us will take us away from Scripture and delete and and try to take us away from the truth of Scripture. Yes, and if we simply quote Scripture back, we show the lie for what it is. Absolutely, yeah. Praise the Lord, and it's so critically important we do. And verse twenty four here: Keep your mouth free of perversity perversity okay okay boy there's a word i i i'm surprised i got that one out right well it's definitely a 25 cent word <laughs> it may be above our pay grades it might be but you think about something that's perverse right yeah and so we want to stay away from those things that are perverse that are, are corrupt which is the next part keep corrupt talk far from your lips i am a firm believer if we look at matthew 15 where the scriptures say it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but it's what comes out of the mouth that proceeds from the heart that shows the defilement. So we have to guard what is important to us. We have to. We can talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We've had that conversation before. And we can have a contest to see which one of us can memorize all nine <laughs> 
And I might get six out of nine off the top of my head. But that's not the point. The point is that that's evidence. Those are things that are evidence that the Holy Spirit is in us. How can we have the Holy Spirit in us if our values and what we believe and what's important to us isn't right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see how the, that... The two cannot re- reside in the same place together. There we are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, the last couple things you want to share here, Tom, are... Um, I, I think these are from Focus on the Family. Yeah, right. Um, and, and it talks about 44% of the letters received made reference to a failure of older adults to let go. Right. Oh, boy, now you're meddling. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, uh, Focus on the Family did a survey. And out of that survey, you're right. They were saying 44% of the letters that came in talked about the reference of the failure of the older adults to let go. So we had talked before we went on in the air about this exercise I at times do at, at Heritage when it's appropriate intervention with a mother who is treating her older child considerably younger. Um, an example, an, an 18-year-old senior in, in high school is about ready to fly their wings and try to experience life and their mom is treating them like a 10 or 11 or 12 year old. Something's definitely not right there. And so consequently, the intervention is this. I've had taken moms and said, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I want you to describe to me the picture. As soon as I say three, tell me what's the picture you normally have in your mind with your child. Scott, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, mothers of 18 year olds have that picture. And we go back to that period of time and we explore what was going on there. Well, it became overprotective, very overprotective of their child. So they didn't want them to get hurt, so they didn't let them do anything. Well, the children oftentimes have a very common reaction to that. They rebel. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that that one's usually pretty quick, Yeah. yeah. Now, some of the comments here I thought are interesting, Tom. Why don't you share those with us? Well, mother felt... My leaving home was an insult to her. First off, I think it's interesting. This wasn't mom, it was mother, which to me suggests a rather formal relationship. A distant one. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that too. And so she's saying it was an insult to her. Who knows, the the child, she goes on to say, she couldn't let go, couldn't realize I needed to become an independent person. That's really key. Mm. That's what parenting is about, is to get them to a point where they're independent. But they couldn't understand that I no longer needed her physical help, although I did need her as a person. That's a key. That's really key. That our children want to know that, that their parents are here. I, I can remember when I had already lost my dad, and then I lost my father-in-law. My thought was, now I really am a dad. I really am the dad because there's nobody for me to go to. I am the go-to person. And it just put a whole different responsibility on my shoulders. Quite unintentionally, she paralyzed my growth by 35 years or retarded. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she could have been 50 going on 15 in her emotional mind. How can a child grow under that kind of... Exactly. Well, is pressure the right word? Environment is really sad to think, but that can happen. You think about someone that maybe 
they're 50 and 35 years they've been they've been paralyzed they never got the chance to have a family they never got a chance to be a wife and a mom this poor lady here's another one Scott one of the greatest problems is to have my parents see me as an adult not as a child who doesn't know the best way to do things as a child I played a specific role in my family, not as an adult. I wish to change my role, but they won't allow it. They're not getting that opportunity to be a parent. It's not a respect for them to grow into being who they should be. And it's really sad. If our, if our listeners, the average age, is more in 25 to 40? Uh, 25 to 49, yeah. Yeah. So it's very likely that they might be on the victim end of this. They might be the ones who are victimized, that are paralyzed. Their emotional growth is frozen. And we really want to reach out to them mm. and say to them, Scott, we want them to know there is help. And there is help, and that that's a great tie-in, Tom, to just having that conversation with you. Right. You know, go ahead and start that conversation. How can they do that? I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. <laughs> 